everyone, Terry Welbrock here. Just wanted to take a moment before the show to talk about today's episode, which is such a beautiful interview on writing and the gift of healing that can come through writing. My guest today had uh, answered the questions that I always send to all guests before interviews to say, These are some of the questions we could talk about, as so many of you know who are fans of the show and listen to multiple um, episodes, or all of the episodes, you'll know that we normally don't get to all of these questions because these conversations take on a life of their own. But I loved loved Diana's answers uh, to the questions, so that's why I asked many of the questions today uh, so that she could could reiterate those answers. the ones she had sent me in writing. So, all right. Well, stay tuned for just a, a beautiful and healing conversation. Thanks. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and just super, super thrilled to have with me today Diana Rabb, PhD, and she is a memoirist, poet, and thought provoker. I love that. So, welcome, Diana. Thank you so much, Terry, for having me. Absolutely. And you gifted me some of your books. And oh my gosh, I just told you before I hit record that I dove into two of the poetry books. And then uh, your, the one, Regina's Closet, um, Finding My Grandmother's Secret Journal. Wow. I'm just a, such a beautiful writer. And again, I, you, you just pulled me right in and I felt like I was standing there alongside you, 10-year-old you. So yeah, thanks. Sure. So one of the things that uh, I wanted to talk to you about was just your writing journey. And then you talk about the healing aspect of writing. Can you talk to us about that? Absolutely. Uh, Well, my first memoir, Regina's Closet, Terry, which you just mentioned, was really inspired by my mother giving me my first journal when I was 10 years old. And the reason she did that was because my grandmother, who was also my caretaker and She was an immigrant from Austria, uh, was actually orphaned in Poland at the age of 11. Uh, As my caretaker, I went into her room one morning and knocked on her door and she didn't answer and turned out she had taken her life. Uh, And so I called my parents at work and they were very distraught. I was an only child. My mother was an only child. And my mother was an English major in college. And so this was the 1960s and really therapy wasn't a big thing. I think normally today the children and family would go to therapy, but my mother's only way um, that she figured out to help me deal with the loss of my beloved grandmother, who I just adored, was to give me a journal and told me to write my feelings in the journal. And it was a Kyle Gibron journal with beautiful quotations on the top of each page. And every morning I'd wake up and and write and write letters to my grandma and write about my feelings. And so from a very early age, I realized that writing was healing because it made me feel better. You know, there was my journal became my confidant. It became my best friend, became my sibling. My parents worked full time. So I was very, you know, spent a lot of time alone. And so I realized, you know, that it was quite healing. And as I progressed into adolescence, you know, when I went through one of a very turbulent adolescence growing up as a hippie in the 60s, and I would again pick up my journal and do some writing. And then 
all kinds of things kept happening. You know, my grandfather died, another time to journal. Then I was on bed rest with three of my children. Um, so I actually ended up writing a book based on, you know, healing, healing during that experience. Uh, so I realized my whole life, every time I've journaled, very often it's led to a book, but I realized I felt a lot better. And that's why I love teaching journaling and advocating it to anyone I talk to. Yes. And you, yeah, you teach journaling and teach writing, correct? I teach journaling and I teach memoir, correct. And I have journals. Unfortunately, when my parents moved from my childhood home, I um, the only thing I got was my grandmother's journal being orphaned in World War One. So she was a journal keeper too, but they threw away all my journals. So oh. I don't have any of my childhood journals, which makes me very sad. Yes. Yeah. But I do have, you know, my adult journals. I have boxes and boxes. And uh, you know, I have like to I have to pan my camera just for a second to show you on the corner of my desk. Um, oh, shoot. That big pile right there. Oh, the yeah. That's that's a bunch of my journals. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I so I so I'm relating to what you're saying because, oh, wow, I find it so cathartic if I particularly with trauma history, if I get triggered, if I'll write about the trigger, it will disarm it or it will help me realize what it was that uh, was surfacing. I mean, what what was bubbling up? Yeah, exactly. Very, very powerful. And, you know, it's also interesting, you know, hopefully you date your journals and hopefully, hopefully the listeners date their journals too, because it's really interesting. We go back and I'm doing that now because I'm in a little bit of a lull with my writing. I'm going back and glancing at some old journals to see what my thought process was. And it's fascinating. It's fascinating. What's the most fascinating is really, I haven't changed in the, you know, 50 odd years of journals in my closet, you know, my, my fears and my thoughts and my anxieties and my pleasures are all really similar. You know, they've taken different paths a little bit, but I don't think for the most part we change, we perhaps transform and grow, but we don't really, you know, our priorities don't change that much. I don't believe, you know. Right. Yeah. So I'm finding a lot of gems in my journals. It's really fun. It is interesting. Really to only, back. There's really only, I mean, I tell my students out of a journal, I would say maybe five to 10% is useful information that you might use for future writing. The rest is, yeah, just cathartic, you know? <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure. Well, and I know me, and I don't know if this is part of how you teach, but I, I had to learn how to not edit myself and just mm -hmm. let it flow and not worry about how I was writing it or what I was saying, but just more of the release of it. It's so true. Yeah. Editing is something that does not come into play with journal keeping and crossing out is fine. Spelling errors is fine. And you don't have to show it to anyone. It's just for your own eyes. You know, uh, as a writer, I find sometimes I do edit my work because I just want it to be perfect. I don't know why it's really that important, but I just think it's just habit. Yes. Oh yes. For some, for something I'm writing for sure. Yes. Uh, but I, I really had to learn to not edit myself journaling and just allow that, that free flow to happen. Yeah. Yes. I understand. Wonderful. So now who, who is your target audience? Are we talking about for my book? Yes. 
or for oh. for any of your writing yes in my right because I do blog for psychology today and uh, thrive global and uh, the wisdom daily I think my target audience uh, varies depending on what I'm writing I think for the most part I would say women 40 and over I would think that that would be like target 40 to 95 um, I've had students in my class that were 93 and still writing their memoirs or still starting I should say still starting uh, so I think you know I I believe that you really, you can write a memoir when you're younger, but what sets memoir apart is, you know, memoir is about a slice of life. It's not about an entire life. And so what sets it apart really is our ability to reflect, looking back on an experience, how it affected us. And so if we're 20 writing a memoir, we don't really have that big of a lapse of time to reflect, you know, go back and reflect. Um, I think writing in journals is very important when you're younger and then you can go back and perhaps write a memoir using those journals uh, and, and use your reflection process. Yeah. My mom's 86. And so she popped into my head. I'm going to call her after we're done and say, mom, you should totally write your memoir. <laughs> I think that's such an awesome idea. Yeah. Or you could tell her, cause I know my father-in-law who's long gone. Uh, he died at 93, but um he um, he was a great storyteller, and I kept telling him he'd been through so much. Please write your memories. Oh, I just I bought him journals and leather with fancy pens and all this. And finally, I said, "Okay, you're not going to do it." So here's a tape recorder. Back then, when yeah. the tape recorders around. Just you tape it or put it in your iPhone, and just so there's some record of who you are in your history. Because what a gift to your family! Huge gift. Yes. Oh, I've certainly recorded my mom. I've, I've done like a little interview thing with her before and said, all right, mom, so tell me about your dad. Like, what are your memories? And just to have a recorded info about my grandpa, like his name and where he was born and what it was like to have him as a dad. So yeah, I love that idea. Really important. Yes. Yeah. Treasure. Oh my gosh. So awesome. Uh, one of the other questions I had sent to you is uh, why is writing for healing so important to you personally? Well, I think like I described Terry about, you know, dealing with my grandmother's with the loss of her. It's, it's also, um, it's cathartic. It makes us feel better. It's like talking to someone that doesn't talk back necessarily, you know, the journal does not talk back. Uh, but I think it's also about recording um, what you're feeling so that you can look back on it. And perhaps we're also recording it as a family legacy. That's, you know, I think also very important. Uh, I think writing it down gets it out of your head because sometimes we have so much stuff in our head, we can't even process it. And putting it on paper helps us become more self-aware of what we're dealing with. Oh, I tell people all the time that sharing your story, well, one, it just creates soul connections because other people, especially if you share it, other right. people can say, oh my gosh, me too. That helps people feel not so all alone uh, in their journey. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It helps other people navigate their own journeys too. You know, especially like you were talking about trauma, especially if they've been through a similar trauma than you, as you, then it would help them. So that's always a good thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. I had something pop in my head and then it popped right back out. So <laughs> I can't believe that feeling. <laughs> I 
pull at menopause brain. And so yeah, there it was. And then it was gone. So ooh, one of the questions I had asked you, and I loved your answer to it. And I don't know if you remember, but any myths or facts that you wanted to clarify for listeners? Oh, what did I say? I can't remember. Um, blah, 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 blah. Hold on. There it is. Uh, while writing is healing, I always tell my students that if her heart starts to ache when they're writing, it's time to take a break. That's so true. That's James Pennig Baker, who one is the first one of the first researchers on healing for writing, uh, writing for healing. Uh, and that's true because the idea of writing is to make you feel better. If you start hurting, then it defeats the purpose. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with putting it down and going for a walk and then maybe coming back and looking at it. But there's no reason nobody has a gun to your head saying you've got to finish this now, you know, especially when it comes to journaling. Oh, for sure. Well, and that's one of the things, again, when it comes to trauma, I know I, when I went to my mom, I told you I'm still working on, on my book. Right. And I went to my mom because my therapist had actually asked me, why do you think you're, you, you keep stopping? Like, what's, what's going on? And I said, if I'm being honest with myself, I think I'm afraid to hurt my mom by putting our truth out there because it was, it was ugly back then. <laughs> She's done a lot of healing work, but yeah. It, it is so true. And so there's just almost maybe a guilt thing. There's just, I don't know, a weight that I've allowed. Um, so or do you have any suggestions to people who are wanting to put their story out there, but they're afraid of the impact it would have on others? No, that's a great question. Uh, well, let me start by saying that fear is a showstopper. You know, I think uh, one of the things I always tell my students is to have no fear. And again, it goes along to what we were saying in the beginning, which is, I think it's before we went on the air is enjoy the journey and don't think of the destination. So enjoy your writing process, but don't necessarily think about, Oh, what is the person going to think? You know, my memoir, you know, the early part of it, uh, my mother was, well, she is still, she's 93. She's narcissist, very self involved. And she really never takes people's other people's feelings into consideration and there was a scene in the book, early in the book, you might have remembered when she handed me my grandmother's journal. And it was not a very pretty scene, but, um, and I felt bad including it, but it was the truth. So the, the fact is I'm putting the emotional truth in. I'm putting some good things about her in because everyone has a good and uh, light and dark side. I don't like using the word good and bad, but a light and dark side. And so I think it's just about telling your emotional truth. And from the time you start writing it to the time it actually might get in the universe, that person might be gone anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, I think um, uh, this, my, uh, I have a, I had a mentor, a writing mentor for my MFA program, and he wrote a fantastic memoir also about a very traumatic, uh, very dysfunctional family. And he ended up just writing it, finishing it, got it edited, put it in the drawer. And when everybody was gone, he published it. So that's, you know, another option or very often our family or loved ones don't even read our work. I mean, I don't even think my mother read my book. You know, I think they might be maybe the rough draft or, you know, again, I think the word of advice is have no fear. Right. I love that. 
And I need to remember that. And it's funny because I've even talked to my mom and said, mom, I'm writing this book and it's our truth is going to be out there. And you know how ugly it was back then. (laughs) And she said, oh, Terry, you need to put it out there. You need to put it out there. And everybody needs to know it's okay. And I, because I say, you know, I, I I paint you in a good light too. (laughs) Just like what you said, you know, there's, there's the not so pretty parts. And then, but I think that's all of us. I mean, that's life and human being human, right? Right. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, you're convinced me. I got to not just uh, not let the fear be the showstopper. <laughs> right. Just do it like Nike says, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. So what supports and resources have you utilized along your own journey? Well, I really believe that everyone needs a mentor, you know, and sometimes it's really hard to find mentors. I think it's always good to, you know, I have some students that we just have a real good connection. And so we they write me every so often just for just a little, you know, tidbit of inspiration. And I have people that I do that as well with, I think, um, getting together with other writers. We have a writer's group here in Santa Barbara. We get together and have cocktails or coffee and really important to connect with other people because you can't write in a vacuum. We have to be inspired by other people in our lives. And sometimes when you're writing a very hard story and you get down and depressed, it's very easy just to lock yourself in your room and mull and but the best things to get out, as we know. Yeah. One of the things in what you what you just said made me think about something that I had read that you had written about um, encouraging your students to read other. So if they're writing a memoir, other memoirists. Yeah. Um, And I always thought, oh, I don't want to read all these other memoirs because I'm afraid I'll be like copying them. But really what you're saying is, yes, if you find someone that you like their writing style, Mm -hmm. do so. Yeah, there's nothing, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a very high form of flattery, right? Copying someone or emulating them. Right. Uh, I mean, it's still going to be your story. It's still going to be your emotional truth. It's going to be your words, but it's good to get inspired by reading other, you know, other writers and actually that's one of the first questions I ask in my courses is what I go around the room asking people what their favorite memoir is it's amazing how many people sit there and say I've never read a memoir and I say wow you can't write one unless you've read a lot of memoirs I mean you can but it might not be great you know what I mean you have to we have to be inspired and we have to emulate wonderful writers and oftentimes it's a voice of the writer that we love. Like we find one writer we like and like Mary Carr, she's written, it's very unusual for someone to have written four memoirs. She's written four memoirs. So if you like one of them, chances are you like another, you know? And so you just read all their books because you love their voice and that's how you kind of learn. It's kind of like a learning uh, scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I, isn't that funny? I was just like going through my head, racking my brain, like, what's my favorite memoir? <laughs> and some popped in. So I'm like, all right, I've read memoirs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's hard to remember the name. I get it. Yeah. I, 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 have a I, I think my first one is the very first one I read. I think it just had such a very powerful impact on me. But it's a very, it's a very heavy memoir, a child called it. Um, um, yeah. And it was just, and again, my trauma history. And so being very drawn to trauma, I just think it had such just, it was just like hit me in the heart and soul um, kind of read. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's good that you know what that is and you could either try to emulate it or find other books that are similar or yeah. Uh, but it's still your story regardless. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great point. Awesome. Um, so if you could meet anyone in the world, uh, dead or alive, and sit down and have a combo, who would it be? This is always the hardest question, but uh, I have to say Anna Eastman because she's been a huge inspiration for me, mainly because she began, began journaling about the same age as, my, as me. At about the age of 10, she began journaling when the father left her home and um, left, just moved out. And she started with a letter to her father. And then she realized how good it felt. She never, I don't believe she sent the letter, but she continued to journal, has volumes and volumes of journals. So I'd love to sit down and talk to her about her her life and her journey. She had an exciting life. So yes, she would definitely be one of the people. I actually was really good friends with Tom Steinbeck, John Steinbeck's son. And I heard a lot of stories from him that were really inspiring about being a writer. And so that was kind of a dream come true for me too. Oh yeah, for sure. And I know Ani is I don't, I can't remember if I've read anything um, she's written. I'll have to look on my shelves and see. Um, but I know quotes all the time. I'm constantly pulling in quotes right. of hers just because, yeah, just. Uh, yeah, well, she's, she's, she's done a couple of novels and between you and me and the listeners, I don't particularly love her novels, um, but she, she was known for her journal keeping. I mean, she published, you know, all these volumes, I think nine or 10 volumes of journals, which were just, I mean, she, you know, her heart was in those journals. You just felt every every feeling and, and she's such a beautiful writer she wrote a book on essays too which was really good but her journals are really what she's known for so if you haven't read them then you know I suggest you pick up um pick it up one oh. one book anyway yes for sure and I want to say maybe it was the essays that I read because I I don't I can almost say for certain it wasn't the journals okay. so yeah okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you for answering that question. It is one of the questions that I throw out there and people are like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like when people say, what's your favorite movie? Oh boy. Well, today or yesterday? It, yeah. <laughs> That's right. It depends on the mood. Exactly. On the mood. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had an opportunity to discuss yet? Well, I just want to encourage, I think everybody has a story, but I don't believe that everybody has to get published. I think you know, it's really important if you're starting to become a writer, people are so obsessed with, again, we spoke about the destination and, you know, just get, just start writing and what happens, happens, trust the universe will figure out what the path of your project. I think that's the most important thing to remember. Um, and it's not so important to think about your audience. That would be your publicist or your agent's job, not yours. Yes. Yeah. Good, good advice because <laughs> shoo, I went through a Hay House, a Hay House writing uh, oh. seminar. I, I went to it. It was, it was awesome. And I learned yeah. so much about, you know, building platform and all that stuff. But yeah, it was like, you know, figure out your audience and oh my gosh, that was one of the hardest things to try to do. <laughs> Yeah, they ask you to do that in proposals now. I know that, but it's, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, get more bogged down with the writing is what I would say. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I lose myself. And that's one of the gifts I think of writing is once I start, it's just, yeah, just losing myself in that process and the flow. Is that what they call it? The flow. Yeah. So it's such a beautiful feeling, isn't it? It's kind of like being in a trance. Yes. 
Yeah. Wake up. Yeah. I almost said, I just said, wake up. That's weird. <laughs> but yeah, you come, you come out of it and you're like, wow, four hours has gone by really fast. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. So how do people connect with you? Where do they find you? I have a website. Uh, it's dianarab.com and that's D-I-A-N-A-R-A-A-B.com. And on the website are all my articles, all my books, the events I'm doing, uh, how to get in touch with me and also uh, some videos. And I've been, I've been doing lately, I've been doing um, some writing courses on zoom through li- libraries. A lot of the libraries have hired me to give writing courses. So if anyone's interested, I'm available to, I, I'm starting to travel a little bit now, not much. Wonderful. What yeah. a great idea through libraries. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again so much for being here. And yes, uh, the work you're doing and guiding others along our healing journeys. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you for having me on your show, Terry. Appreciate it. Absolutely. For those of you watching YouTube, in case you're wondering why I've been uh, squirming around, I'm trying to keep keep little Max in place. So he just (laughs) wanted to say hi to everybody. Is he's giving me kisses. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the Academy terrywellbrock.com for the courses but if you go to my website terrywellbrock.com you can sign up for my monthly hope for healing newsletter which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for uh, again healing and hope Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.